Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Wednesday, November 2nd, and this is People Every Day. Hello out there, everyone. Janine Rubenstein coming to you from New York City in town for a fun Wakanda Forever event. So I'm recording out of our offices and it's so great to be back. So many people to see and and so many bagels to eat. (laughs) Today, we're taking you inside our interview with one of your favorite home makeover stars, Joanna Gaines. And later on, we hear how Anna Ferris handles co-parenting with ex-husband Chris Pratt and his new wife, Katherine Schwarzenegger. I'm in a busy town and we've got a busy show so let's get right to it. Grammy Award-winning singer Adele has made a household name for herself, of course, but apparently it's a name we've all been getting wrong. While out promoting the release of her new music video, I Drink Wine, in L.A., the native Londoner revealed the correct way to say her name after a fan asked her a question. Where's she from? Enfield or something? Love that. She said my it name perfectly. Yeah. He came and asked me how I say Adele. my name and I was like, Adele. How's she mine? was like, Hi, Adele. They do it. Adele? Adele. Adele. Adele? Not Adele? Am I, am I getting it? Adele? <laughs> this is giving me flashbacks to Denzel Washington and Rihanna's uh, correct pronunciation situations to which we all said no. <laughs> well, no matter what we're calling her, she's one of the best musical talents out there right now. And her postponed Las Vegas residency is set to kick off later this month. You can catch Weekends with Adele at the Caesars Palace Coliseum for 32 shows running from November 18th through March 25th of next year. I mean, fine. Twist my arm. Those of you who follow me on Instagram know I never have any fun in Vegas, right? I just might have to make another trip to Sin City to see her. Daniel Radcliffe is opening up about his decision to speak out against Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling's controversial transgender statements. Radcliffe, who, of course, played the titular Harry Potter in all eight of the film adaptations, shared a statement via The Trevor Project in June of 2020, denouncing Rowling's comments on trans issues, comments that she's consistently shared on social media and in published work over the past few years. Now, in a recent interview, the Weird Al biopic star explained that he felt like he needed to say something to Potter fans specifically. Radcliffe's 2020 statement read in part, transgender women are women. And it went on to add, any statement to the contrary erases the identity and dignity of transgender people and goes against all advice given by professional healthcare associations who have far more expertise on this subject matter than either Joe, Rowling, or I. In his most recent interview, Radcliffe talked about why he touched on the topic at all, saying, quote, particularly since finishing Potter, I've met so many queer and trans kids and young people who had a huge amount of identification with Potter on that. And so seeing them hurt on that day 
I was like, I wanted them to know that not everybody in the franchise felt that way. And that was really important. The actor who has worked with the Trevor Project for more than a decade added, I don't think I would have been able to look at myself in the mirror had I not said anything. What to do in the wake of Rowling's transgender views has been a topic of conversation that has caused a lot of consternation and confusion amongst Harry Potter enthusiasts. And I think it's important that Harry Potter himself has come out opposing these hurtful and harmful comments. And now we're turning our attention to this week's cover star. Joanna Gaines, where she opened up about embracing her Korean heritage after facing racism in her childhood. It is Wednesday, and if you've been keeping up with us, you know it's the day when we reveal the cover star of our new issue. And that special person this week is Joanna Gaines. I love her. The world knows her as the star of HGTV's Fixer Upper, alongside husband Chip Gaines, and their home improvement empire. But what people may not know is that the Korean-American woman has lived a life that always made her feel as though she had to fit in while questioning her own identity and beauty. Ahead of her new memoir, The Stories We Tell, available November 8th, Gaines is opening up like never before on her life before fame and finding purpose in her 40s. Well, I'm so happy because here with me now is someone who got up close and personal with her, the one who wrote the exclusive. I'm talking people's senior writer, Emily Strom. Hey, Emily, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. So Joanna, our girl, (laughs) she's multidimensional mom of five. She is taking life at a different pace these days, though. She's embracing moments of spontaneity and just living in the moment. She said, quote, I realized a lot of joy comes from unplanned moments. So what did she say opened her eyes to this, you know, kind of carpe diem lifestyle right now? Yeah, you know, it's been building sort of at the beginning of last year. She just really started to, t- to take a look at her life and and realize that a lot of it in the last 10 years kind of felt like a, a blur. So she wanted to really just take some time to look back. And in doing that, she realized that there were some things that she missed, even just little small moments like with her kids. And she, she didn't want to miss those anymore. So it's just a big priority for her now in her life to make sure that she's enjoying all the moments. Mm, I can see that. I mean, I go to Target, I see them. I go to the newsstand, I see them. Like I, I turn on the TV, I see them. So I can imagine like stuff gets lost in the shuffle, right? But while doing this new journey of self-discovery, she took time to reflect on her past while growing up in a small town outside of Wichita and being, quote, the only Asians in her school, then relocating to New York for college. So how did this juxtaposition affect how she saw herself and the communities around her? So when she went to New York for a journalism internship in college, it was the first time that she really saw a lot of people that looked like her, you know, coming from a really small town that just wasn't what she grew up with. And so being in New York City and being surrounded by so many people that looked like her and she could identify with, it was really eye-opening for her. And she said that that was the first time that she really felt proud of who she was and she really just felt whole. Wow. I mean, and you look at her and then you think about them as a couple so much and you think about their story, but this is so interesting to get her backstory even more and what that experience was like. This is kind of new territory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in this memoir, she's really opening up like she never has before. And a lot of people didn't know that about her. Do you think Joanna Gaines, you don't know that she struggled as a child or she went through this. So it's been really special for her to share, you know, some of these things and the the more vulnerable sides of her with the world. 
Yeah, right. Well, this inner transformation she's been on is not only impacting her life, but it has a profound impact or effect, I guess, on those around her. Here's what she said about taking everything one moment at a time. For me, I miss so many moments of just simple joys because I was trying to wrestle with something else that I couldn't control. Um, So I think even that, just that alone taught me so much just about sometimes you just got to let it go, let it be, and no one's going to get hurt along the way. So what is her relationship like with her kids and Chip these days? Joanna has five children and she had four of those pretty quick. You know, she had, she had four kids under the age of five at one time. And she says that back in the day, she always thought I'm the mom, I should have the answers. And as she's gotten older, she's really learned um, that there's a beauty to showing her kids all sides of her. So that means that, you know, the good days and the bad days and the more, you know, human that her kids can see her, the deeper that they can connect. And when it comes to her husband, Chip, they've been together for almost 20 years and not a lot has changed. You know, they're still showing up to work together every day. They're still doing all the things that they've done that they love to do. And there is one thing that Joanna really appreciates with Chip, and that's just continuing to grow together, which she says is the sweetest thing. That's the key, man. And you can tell I watched that show and it it's real. They're doing all of this and like their empire has grown, but their connection, that's the stuff. <laughs> Such a powerful story that I think will resonate with so many. Well, to read more about Joanna's story, head over to our website. The issue is out on newsstands this Friday as well. So pick up a copy. Emily, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Coming up, we're getting into news on some major couples, including the rumors surrounding recent bachelorette Gabby Wendy and her fiancé, Eric Schuer. And speaking of bachelorettes, former bachelorette Emily Maynard Johnson is a mom for the sixth, uh uh-huh, sixth time. In an exclusive interview with People, the 36-year-old opened up about her new son, Jones West, who was born with Down syndrome and a rare congenital colon abnormality that required surgery and several weeks in the NICU. On the other side of the break, we hear how Emily and her husband, Tyler, are balancing a newborn and five other kids. We'll be right back. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back and it's time to get into People's exclusive conversation with Bachelorette alum, Emily Maynard Johnson. 
Emily, who starred on season eight of The Bachelorette, and her husband, Tyler Johnson, already had their hands full with their five children, who range in age from two to 17, when they welcomed son Jones West into the world on August 31st. But shortly after the delivery, Maynard Johnson learned that her son was born with a rare congenital colon abnormality that required surgery and a month-long stay in the hospital's neonatal intensive care unit. During her pregnancy, Emily opted not to have genetic testing on her unborn son, saying, quote, it was not on my radar at all. But after Jones was born, she was informed that he had been diagnosed with Down syndrome on top of his colon abnormality. Emily said, I was in shock and added, I just wanted to hold him and for everything to be okay. Coming to terms with the idea that Jones would need to stay in the NICU for several weeks was devastating, Emily said. And she went on, I was just grieving all of it and that the experience was so different from what I had expected. Waking up the next morning, hearing all the babies crying down the hallway while I was in the room alone, it hurt so much. As the family waited for Jones to be strong enough to come home, the Bachelorette alum said she leaned heavily on her husband and her oldest daughter, 17-year-old Ricky. She said, quote, she's been my best buddy through everything. And she added, when I was in the hospital, she sent me 47 roses to represent Jones's 47 chromosomes. But now that Jones is finally home, Emily is relishing every moment with her sweet and smiley newborn. She said he's the easiest baby and he's just been our biggest blessing. And baby Jones has another surgery in a few weeks, but Emily and her family are ready for whatever challenges may come their way. She said to us, Looking back on my life, a lot of things happened that I wouldn't have planned, but I wouldn't change my life for anything. And I wouldn't trade Jones for any baby in the world. So sweet. Who doesn't love love? It's time for one of my favorite segments, Heart Monitor, where we catch you up to date about who is heating up winding down and calling it quits in Hollywood. So break out your wine because it's time for a good gossip session. Joining me now to see where Cupid's arrow is hitting these days is People's Digital Features Director, Kate Hogan. Hey, Kate, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Janine. Well, first up, let's talk about a former couple who is getting along just fine. Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris. The two were married from 2009 to 2018 and share a son named Jack together. They have since gone on to marry other people, but Anna's relationship with Chris and his wife, Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt, is pretty solid, right? Right. Anna and Chris have always had a pretty friendly co-parenting relationship. They often talked about how they lived close together so they could raise Jack together. And Anna told people this week that they're all getting much closer, her and her new husband, Michael Barrett, and Chris and his wife, Catherine Schwarzenegger. And she said she so appreciates that. They're very protective of her and she wants to be protective of them. And she so appreciates the support they give her. I love it. And, And they've done holidays together too, right? Yeah, she said they're not going to be together for Thanksgiving, but they do celebrate holidays together. And she just hopes that their family obligations take them elsewhere through life and that they continue coming together with this blended family. I love it. I'm so glad to see that they're doing well. This is like what you hope after a split. But let's move on to a couple who might not be so happy, who might be on the rocks. The jury is still out on this one, though. The Bachelorette's Gabby Wendy and her fiancé, Eric Schur. Gabby is currently competing on Dancing with the Stars, and she is crushing it, you guys. She is so good. And on Monday, when she was asked about her relationship with Eric, her answer raised some eyebrows. So what did she say, Kate? 
She told Fox News that she thinks life is just really busy for both of them right now. And so she said, I understand your concern, but we're kind of, you know, just moving forward with the individual interests and supporting each other from afar. And it was interesting because Eric has been in the ballroom for almost all of these Dancing with the Stars episodes and was notably absent on Monday. She wasn't wearing her engagement ring. So obviously viewers took notice. Yeah, those are often kind of two big red flags, especially in bachelor land where relationships do tend to move quickly. So yeah, I think, as you said, the jury's still out on this one. And Eric did encourage fans on his Instagram stories to vote for Gabby and was still supportive in that realm. But his absence from the ballroom definitely had some eyebrows raised. Seriously. And those like key words there, individual interests and supporting each other from afar. Ugh. That doesn't sound too good, but we'll, you know, see, we'll keep an eye on it. But moving on to a couple whose separation has been making so many headlines recently. This is the big one. Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen. A source told people that Tom tried to do a Hail Mary to save his marriage, but it was too little too late, right? Yes. So a source close to Tom told people that Tom was willing to do whatever it took to make their marriage work, but that Giselle said it was a little bit too little, a little bit too late. And that the divorce was not Tom's idea and that he knew that he had to fix things with Giselle, but the damage was done and this was the end. God, he was willing to go to therapy, marriage counseling, all the things, and that he didn't want to have kids who have divorced parents. He really wanted to work it out. But I mean, quit football, right? Like, is that, is that the <laughs> elephant in the room? <laughs> I know Giselle had even kind of said that in an L interview earlier this year. She talked about how much she worried about football and that they'd had conversations about his future. And a source told people she gave him a lot of opportunities to fix things and he didn't when she asked him to. So this was all kind of a long time coming. And Friday's divorce filings were just the culmination of all this tension. And it was ultimately Giselle feeling he wasn't hearing what she was saying. He was like, I'll do anything. Not, not that. Not that, <laughs> Giselle. <laughs> I mean, hey, look at Sly Stallone. Who knows, right, Kate? Right, exactly. That was like a miracle one month back together. You never know. There's hope for everybody. <laughs> There's hope. Well, thank you so much for stopping by to discuss it with me. Thanks, Janine. All right, all right. We joke around a lot here on this show about how celebrities are just like us. Sometimes. And this next story sounds relatable at first. A certain someone fell asleep unexpectedly after a few glasses of wine. I mean, I've been there. But later on, they woke up in the Lincoln bedroom of the White House. Now, that's somewhere I haven't been. In his autobiography, Surrender, 40 Songs, One Story, Bono recalls a particularly memorable night spent with President Barack Obama at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. According to the Irish rocker, after he and his wife, Allie Hewson, shared a few drinks with the 44th president, he became incredibly sleepy. While Obama had cocktails, Bono said he'd had a glass of wine, or maybe two, with his meal. The YouTube frontman wrote, quote, as I started to fall asleep, I excused myself, and what happened next is a little blurry. But according to Allie, it took about 10 minutes before the leader of the free world asked her, Bono's been gone a while. Is he okay? <laughs> Bono also explains that he has an allergy to salicylic acid, a compound found in wine, among other foods, and over-the-counter prescription medication, and that that was what caused him to get so tired so quickly. 
Allegedly, <laughs> the Beautiful Day singer then writes that his wife proceeded to tell Obama that there was no need to worry, but still, the then-president was determined to find him. After Obama remembered that Bono asked him about the Gettysburg Address, they began searching for him in the Lincoln bedroom, which is where they apparently found him. Quote, they walked into the Lincoln bedroom and there I was, out cold, head in the bosom of Abraham Lincoln on his very bed, falling asleep in the comfort of our freedoms as I spun it afterwards. <laughs> the legendary songwriter joked that Obama, quote, doesn't for a minute believe he had an allergy problem <laughs> and added, he thinks Ali made this up to cover for me. He tells people he can drink me under the table. Rubbish, but he does make a strong martini. <laughs> President Obama didn't have a comment when we hear it people reached out to corroborate the story. But I mean, what an image. It almost sounds like the start of a bad joke. Uh, did you hear the one about Obama, Bono, and the Lincoln bedroom? <laughs> an incredibly funny visual and something I hope makes you smile. Thanks as always for letting me be a part of your day. It's always such a pleasure to be with you. I'll chat with you all again tomorrow on another installment of People Every Day. <laughs> 